Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be the spiritual ends of the Great Reset. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. I had hinted in an earlier episode that I wanted to cover I wanted to cover the the end goals, for lack of a better term, of the Masonic sock puppets or the Satanic Masonic sock puppets that have been controlling culture and society since. I would, controlling society and culture, at least in America, since the uh, 1700s, probably in England too. So, there's a lot of ground to cover here. I'm I'm trying not to be too long-winded and getting too deep in the weeds with stuff. But when the the satanic sock puppets known as Masons decided that in order not just to break up Catholic culture and society, but to impose their culture and society over the rest of the world, that they would have to accomplish certain goals. And First of all, well, there, there, there are some aspects. The first aspect is they, need, they needed to make people um, they had to destroy critical thinking skills. Now, once you discredit God's ultimate truth, Because 
as I never get tired of saying, in order to have critical thinking skills, you have to be leading a spiritual life. When I say spiritual, I'm not talking Protestant, I'm not talking Vatican II, and I'm not talking Eastern Orthodox schismatic. I'm talking about the pre-Vatican II Council Catholic Church spiritual teachings. Because for you 300 IQ takers out there, you cannot think critically unless you have the help of the Holy Trinity, the Blessed Mother, and the saints to help you to see the spiritual currents underlining a certain position, organization, or idea that's out there. So, if you, one of their, one of their goals was to um, destroy critical thinking skills to the point, oh, and in their own writings, in, in the Alta Vendita, they say, hey, it may take us centuries to accomplish this, but we got to do it slow, we got to do it under the radar, but, you know, we, we got to keep our eyes on the prize. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty close to what they were saying. And over time, ever since the Protestant revolt, um, that's exactly what's happened. To the point where nowadays, parents are willingly mutilating their children to to make them the opposite sex that they weren't born into to the point where all oh, things that are obvious lies you know um oh, there, there's more than two genders all oh, you know, oh, homosexuality, it's just, uh, you're born that way. You're born that way. In, you know, it, it, it's not perverse, and, you know, you, you didn't choose to act that way. You were born into it. Things like this. To the very point where nowadays anybody who dares to question the status quo is literally treated like in the Middle Ages an actual heretic. How a, a, a heretic, an anti-Catholic in the Middle Ages would have been treated in, in their village or town. And part of that aspect of lack of critical thinking skills is uh, making things more complicated than they have to be. And this is a very simple thing to figure out. If, if you make something more complicated than it has to be, you confuse people. 
And as I said in an earlier episode, once people are confused, they're easier to mislead. They're easier to uh, to to use for your own purposes. And part of that whole thing too is mudding the waters. I've talked about this in a previous episode. I still think it was a mistake, but once again, this is God's providence, that there were Catholic saints after the Protestant revolt who called the Catholic, uh, the Catholics, the true Catholics of the time, Christians. Which, of course, the Masonic sock, sock puppets took and ran with. Because what ended up happening was was the distinction between the heresy that is Protestantism and the truth that is the true Catholic Church when the, the, the term Christian, which originally meant Catholic, got turned not into a distinct, a distinct concept with its own distinct rules, but just a vague, nebulous meaning. You know, anybody who says that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior is a Christian. And once again, I had been guilty of that error. But thanks to the Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother's grace, I can recognize that that is an error and it's done on purpose. And that's another thing about what the Masonic sock puppets have done. They've taken concrete terms, they've taken concrete terms, like Christian, like Catholic, and they've made them nebulous. They've, they've taken out the core concepts of what made these, these concepts what they were, concrete concepts, and turned them into vague, nebulous, um, terms. I liken it to, at least in the American context, the sexual harassment laws. Those laws were purposely written so that you could be accused of sexual harassment and the terms were so vague and nebulous that you could take that concept from Washington, D.C. and run it to L.A., cross-country, and anything that fell within those bounds, that those huge bounds, was sexual harassment. And, of course, Masons being Masons, they added their own little sick twists. Those of you who are not American are not going to know this. Those of you who are American, who happen to run afoul of this particular aspect will know exactly what I'm talking about. In the late 90s, there was a thing called lookism. The way the government defined lookism is, so let's just say you work in an office or a retail store, and you look at a uh, co-worker, usually female, and if she feels uncomfortable that you're looking at her, 
she can file a sexual harassment case against you because your looking at her makes her uncomfortable. Now, for you 300 IQ kids, that's ridiculous. I've never heard of that. That's stupid. No, it's not stupid. It's an actual law. It's actually in the sexual harassment law written in Washington, D.C. People have been fired for that. Now, I'm sure there's another part of the 300 IQ. Well, it doesn't happen that often. Doesn't matter. Okay? From that concept, late 90s, we're talking about what in the, is as late as 20, I want to say 2014 or 2015, a prostitute, a literal prostitute, accused the a college lacrosse team of rape. Now they were exonerated, but not after um, their names and their faces were dragged through the mud. Same thing was also done to Nicholas Salmon, but that wasn't sexual harassment. It was a different brand of modernist stupidity. But what I'm saying is, is that words, I, I, I'm going to put it as simply as I can. Words mean whatever the uh, satanic, masonic, sock puppets say it is. Okay, so... If they say, if you look at a woman and it makes them uncomfortable, that's sexual harassment, that's sexual harassment. If they say that um, the world's going to end because of carbon emissions, that's a, that's a fact and you can't question it. If they say that evolution is a fact, it's a fact you can't question it. It is literally the totalitarian idea that the truth is whatever I say is the truth. Now, normally, in the case of dictators, we're talking about a guy running a country. But in the case of uh, the World Economic Forum, we're going to take this something that was once localized and turn it into a global scale thing. But this is to talk about the ends of the Masonic, um, Satanic Masonic sock puppets. So words do not have concrete meanings except what they want you to believe or live, however unwilling you may be to live to them. And society and culture are being degraded. Now, I'm sure a lot of my listeners are probably too young to remember my Robert Maplethorpe. Robert Maplethorpe was a quote-unquote Catholic back in the 80s who was a homosexual. Now, 
to some of my more orthodox listeners, wait a minute, how can you be a practicing homosexual and be Catholic? Well, welcome to the Vatican II sect, um, cognitive dissonance. He is described as a gay Catholic who put a crucifix of our Lord and Savior in a jar of urine and got government funding for it. And, you know, here's the thing. When stuff like this happens, it's a distraction. At the end of the day, does Robert Maplethorpe's sexual uh, proclivities or the fact that he did an actual sacrilege to our Lord and Savior does it make a difference in the larger scheme of things? Only in this regard. It, it helped push us along that, you know, like I said, the slippery slope, it's not a fallacy. It's a real thing. It helped push us down, but we were already down this road. Now, if that sounds blackpilling to you, um, you're, you're not listening. Because I can't speak for any of my audience out there. I know how this is going to end. Robert Maplethorpe is going to have to answer for what he did. But honestly speaking, and this is all I'm going to say on the issue, what he did in the 1980s, is it any different from the architectural monstrosities that call themselves Catholic churches, the beach beach ball masses, the half-naked girls running up and down church aisles, the clown masses, the Easter bunny handing out the quote-unquote body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord? Is it any different? No, it isn't. Not, not from God's perspective, no. But once again, if your critical thinking skills are degraded... You're going to get hung up on what he did and ignore what you, you know, if you're a Vatican II sect member, what your priests and prelates are currently doing right now. So, um, and like I said, this, you know, part of being a modern too is to think that, well, this is, this is, this is a recent phenomenon. This is a recent phenomena. That's why I always hammered the, you know, the historical importance of reading. Because there was known in the 1700s as the French encyclopedias, who, if you read about their backgrounds, a lot of them were Masons. That's right, kids. Masons. And guess what they did? They, they were living in France, which at that time was an ostensibly Catholic country. And so what they did was they discredited the Catholic Church by writing articles in their encyclopedias, basically denigrating, um, denigrating and throwing into doubt the truths of the Catholic Church. 
And that was in the 1700s. You can go back to the Protestant Reformation and when Luther wrote his heretical theology and started his heretical church, he'd already planted the seed for this. And it's been downhill ever since. So, I, I just, you know, and I, I noticed this when I was on Twitter when for all intents and purposes I was a hedonistic pagan that the, the millennials and the Zoomers who are blowing their wigs over crap, political crap I'm talking about, because they're millennials and Zoomers and didn't live as long as I did, they didn't realize that their boomer parents were complaining about the same crap on talk radio back in the 90s. Because part of being a modernist is, is to lose your historical perspective. And that's also part of the um, Masonic Sock Puppets plan. There's a, um, an old adage that those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Like I said, I'm not sure if that particular philosopher was Catholic or he was um, a secular for the intents of this episode, it doesn't matter. What he spoke was the basic truth. If you do not know your history, if you're ignorant of your history, then everything's going to seem new and novel, and you're forgetting what St. Paul wrote in his epistles, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, the whole... The whole... Uh, pretending that you're a woman when you're a man or a man when you're a woman. You know, this, this is not new. The only difference between today's society right now as I speak and pagan Rome is they didn't have the medical advancements to actually turn to, to, to mutilate a man to attempt to make him look like a woman or vice versa. But these things were going on in pagan Rome, just like abortion was. Okay. Um, just like, uh, oh, you can practice any religion you want to, but you have to do it under the emperor, uh, under the umbrella that the emperor is God. Okay? And there's a certain segment of the American population, including people called Sedvacantists, not all, but some, who should know better, who treat the American government as, as sacrosanct, like, you know. Our, our government is is even worth defending, which is a ridiculous concept if you're actually serious about your Catholic faith. You know, and I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody on that one. I will absolutely go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. You owe your government at best grudging compliance.
Now, you know, because of divine providence, we get the government we deserve. So, it may not be the fault, personally, of a lot of people living in present-day America that our present government is a Masonic dictatorship masquerading as a pseudo-republic, but that's God's divine providence, and we don't get to live how we want to live we have to deal with reality as it is. So, we give them, you know, we give the Caesars what is Caesars. We give the God what is God's. So, another aspect of this is, and like I said, I talked about this in a previous episode, and the person who was writing in this blog post, I gotta think, was a neo-trad. But they were talking about how high art and high literature are rare, rare in this day and age. Which is true. It is rare. One of the crosses I have to to bear is when I talk to people younger than myself about stuff first little context when I was going growing up we only had three three ch television channels well anywhere from three to maybe six or nine but that was it and so we saw a lot of the movies and TV shows from between the 1930s and the 1970s. So when our elders, in this case it was mostly the World War II generation, talked about a John Wayne movie or Audie Murphy or you know something from the 40s, because we'd seen it on TV, or read it in a book, we knew what they were talking about. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but when I was on Twitter back in 2018, one of the, the this chick was a, uh, called herself a conservative. And, she, you know, being a millennial, I'm sure she was being ironic Unfortunately, irony in the hands of an ignorant person is like giving a loaded gun to a chimp. She's saying, oh, I'm a millennial. If it, didn't, if it didn't happen within the last 10 years, I don't know about it. Now, for the sake of charity, I hope and pray she was being ironic. Because if she was being serious, she succinctly summed up the poison of the younger generations because that has literally been my experience not just online I have to work I deal with younger people all the time if it didn't happen within the last 10 years if you tried to tell them something oh, I don't know from the 80s 
from the 90s? They're going to give you a blank look. I've never heard of that. What? And don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that the, the pop culture from the past hundred years is anything worth remembering. But what I'm saying is, is it's not just pop culture. Okay? Guys my age, and when I say guys, I'm being general, people my age, if you reminded them about the Balkans War back in the 90s, they'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. If you talk about Somalia, oh yeah, I forgot. There's a lot of younger people never heard of it. And what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is, is that society in general is so degraded they're practically illiterate. They're practically illiterate. And don't even know it. But once again, this is what the Masons do. And there is a purpose to this. There's also a purpose why I say you don't underestimate your enemies. The Masons have been doing this since at least the Protestant Revolt, if not before. They have an end goal in mind. You know, you don't take them seriously at your own peril. They have an end goal. Their end goal is, is to make human beings present, presently, although, you know, they've They've had plenty of time to practice on our ancestors for, oh, I don't know, the last 20, 30 generations, if not more, into degraded cattle. Now, anybody who's ever lived on a farm knows that when you take a cow to butcher, the cow is very calm. It's very calm. It doesn't know what's going on because obviously a cow does not have a higher intellect to understand it's being led to slaughter. And like any good pagan Satanist, godless, the Masons... They're just not interested in the degradation of people's minds or bodies for that matter, but their spiritual degradation. They want to turn human beings into nothing less than cattle to be milked to the very last drop and then led to slaughter for their benefit. But there's a spiritual degradation. Part of the reason I get impatient with said of a contest is, number one, besides the fact that they're too busy backstabbing each other to form a common cause against this, but number two is 
You know, they think the fact that Sedvacantism right now, oh, we're persecuted, we're persecuted. No, we're not. The government goombas have not come for us yet. That'll come later. Right now, we're in the twilight zone. Meaning, the, the Masons are well aware of our presence. They're well aware that we exist. But they have other fish to fry in, in that regard. And will come at us at our leisure. We're not persecuted. Anybody who knows anything about the martyrs of, of pagan Rome in the first century A.D. to the, I want to say the fourth century A.D., the, 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 the uh, martyrs of the uh, quote-unquote, quote, no, I, I'm sorry, the, the, the Catholic martyrs of the, of the Protestant revolt the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution, the Nazi Revolution, the Communist Revolutions of China, Vietnam, pick your communist country. Those are actual persecutions. Okay? And actually, this is God's divine providence. And it makes me sad that I even need to explain this concept. Right now, our anonymity, like I said, the, the guys who are the shot callers, they're well aware. But their minions that do their day-to-day -day existence won't know until they're told, oh, by the way, go after this, this, and this. The visible, the visible set of contests, churches, seminaries, Religious, visible communities, they'll be rounded up. And those people who are saying, you know, um, well, we, we, we need to form our communities. Anonymity, there's a reason I say anonymity is your best defense. If, if you're living underground, and when I'm saying this, I'm not saying literally living underground, although that is coming. I guarantee you that is coming. But you're, but you're beneath the notice of the people who are setting you up. That's a blessing. Because it... it in, until, they, until they truly begin literal persecutions, you get to operate, relatively speaking, with a level of anonymity which is beneficial. This is God's divine providence. And this is why I, 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 I literally sound unhinged when I tell Sedvacantis, quit your freaking bickering, quit it, start living your faith, and start planning for what's coming. And I tell, you know, Lord willing, this, this message will get out.
Lord willing, to the prelates, they need to put aside their stupid differences as long as we agree that Vatican II is heretical. Let's, let's pick that as our baseline, band together, and start forming an underground church before the actual persecutions do happen. And then, you know, Lord willing, if it is his will, and Catholicism still gets to survive on earth, and we actually do have the true Catholic Church remaining after the Great Tribulation, then we can sort out our theological differences. But for right now, the best way I can, I can explain the concept is... When the theater's on fire, you don't stand around arguing about the seating chart. You get the people out of the burning building. Once the fire's out, then you can worry about the inside of the theater. But once again, I'm trying to practice Father D. Kassad's teaching on divine providence. Everything I'm talking about is divine providence. And at the end of the day, his will will be done. But I also believe that he has given me this message for a particular reason. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, um, as I said before, I'll stand before any tribunal and I, I, will, I will lay out my materials and submit them for approval. Okay? Because to me, despite how many people are whistling past the graveyard, that is our upcoming destruction of society and cultures, we now know it. When I say this, the, the, the mental, the spiritual, that's all been done. I'm talking about the actual physical destruction of the majority of the earth's population. Um, that's, you know, that, that's upcoming. You know, to worry about when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, it does not matter. You know, the best way I can explain this concept is is to liken it to a uh, an uh, infantry patrol into enemy territory. When the sergeant gets his orders to march however many kilometers into enemy territory with his squad or his platoon, his captain or whoever's giving the orders doesn't say, now at this point, you're going to be ambushed by an enemy platoon. And at this and they will be using hand grenades and machine guns. And at this no, they don't know this. 
They just prepare for any eventuality they may come into contact with. And all I got to say is, if the concept doesn't reach you, you're overthinking it. Because it's not a hard concept to grasp. Now, for the civilians out there, probably. Anyone who's ever served in the military is going to understand what I'm talking about instinctually. Okay? But the last part I want to touch on is the spiritual degradation. The spiritual degradation... It's widespread. It's widespread. But once again, this is divine providence because anybody who's read the epistles of St. Paul, the epistles of St. Peter, the epistles of St. John, and the other uh, apostles will realize that the early Christian communities are suffering to a lesser degree, in my opinion, the same things that we are suffering from now. You know, they were suffering from lack of unity. And it took a great saint like St. Paul to keep those, those um, different churches together and unified. And it was the gift of the Holy Ghost that kept these churches viable after the, the martyrdoms of St. Peter and St. Paul. But I'm the only thing I can say about this, and once again, I'm not claiming anything for myself, but the, from my perspective, and that's all I can speak of from, is my perspective. If we, as true Catholics, do not unify and do not, do not prepare for what's coming, it's not going to end well. Now, having said that, once again, divine providence. The Lord Jesus can do whatever He wants to. And He could literally perform acts of God so that the total and complete annihilation of the true Catholics out there is not as bad as it could be. So I'm, I'm willing to say that. However, according to the traditional Catholic material I've read, presumption is a sin. We cannot presume that we can live our lives as normal right now when it actually counts and presume that God or His Blessed Mother are going to give us miracles 
Because we have the right faith. Because once again, it's more than just having the right doctrine. You know, the only way I can say this is, you know, to those of you who think this is a bunch of random gibberish, I've been pounding home the point of spiritual... Um, a spiritual relationship with Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother and the saints. It's not just enough to go to Mass. It's not just enough to go through the motions. You actually have to be living what you claim you believe. You actually have to love who you claim to love. So, um, once again, you know, um, everything that happens is God's divine providence. But just because we happen to be in a set of a conscious church does not mean that we're going to get to heaven. You actually have to put in some work. But as far as the spiritual degradation goes, the term Catholic has been degraded. The term Christian has been degraded. People's spiritual spiritual minds, even amongst Sedvacantis, the concept that if you have a spiritual life, that it helps you to see things in spiritual terms and helps you to see things that if you're approaching it from a naturalistic mindset, you wouldn't notice, seems to be lost on a lot of set of a contest. It really seems to be lost. So, I'm not, I'm not claiming, I'm not claiming anything new. I'm not claiming, you know, everything that I talk about has been said in the past, either written or said. And I will also say this. St. Therese of Lisieux or St. Therese of the Infant Jesus, they're the same saint, said, or at least the, the quote is attributed to her, that you cannot be a partial saint. Now, until I am shown otherwise, I still think given the nature of sainthood, even in the most optimal conditions of the high Middle Ages, sainthood was still a rare thing. But, I, I, um, it is a matter, you know, you don't even need to read the saints 
to 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 understand the teaching, you could just read the epistles of Saint Paul. And while you're at it, I would recommend the Gospels of Jesus Christ, all four of them. But they talk about that you are to you're to be totally sold out to Jesus Christ and his church, his you know, and his um heavenly kingdom. Totally sold out. You can't half butt it. And in this regard, I can here's something I can actually speak from bitter experience. You can't half butt it. You're either all in or you're all out. If you try to half butt it, and it's only the grace of God and His Blessed Mother that helped me on my own, I'd probably be roasting in hell right now. But you cannot half-butt it. He wants all of you. All of you. And when I say all of you, I'm not, you know, I'm, obviously I'm talking everybody who listens within the sound of my voice. But when I say all of you, I mean every fiber of your being. Thank you, Lord Jesus and Mother Mary. Before I close out, part of the spiritual degradation that I'm talking about is the fact that somebody, somebody who is has fervor and intensity for our Lord, for our one true church, for the heavenly kingdom is treated at least in some uh, some circles online like a literal freak. Why is that? Why is that? And I'm, I'm, I'm promise you I'm not being rhetorical in that question. Why is that? Because that is what Anybody who claims to be a true Catholic, a.k.a. Sedvacantist, is supposed to be like. Now, obviously different people. You know, we're all individuals. But what I'm saying is, let's just say you don't have the same fervor, piety, or devotion. You shouldn't look at the person who actually is that way or appears to be that way and think, oh my God, that, guy, that dude's a freak. Get him out of here. Shut him up. Because as I said in a previous episode, fervor, fervor, devotion, and piety, in addition to unity, it's is what's going to help save the remnant that is known of the true Catholic Church. And anybody who wants to disregard this can do so. Um, I'm just going to say, if, if you're under that impression, I think you're going to be um, bitterly surprised when you find out that what I'm saying is the actual truth. 
So, to sum up this episode, the spiritual ends of the Great Reset are to make human cattle who are fit for no better than to be spiritually, materially, and physically degraded and milked of every resource that they possibly have in order to make the Masonic sock puppets um, to, to further their ends, which, by the way, are not just material, they're also spiritual. Because you disregard this at your own peril. These people are literal Satanists. Or at least the guys on the top echelon are literal Satanists. The people underneath of them are useful idiots. But they're, they're, a useful idiot is no less dangerous than his master. So... Um, that these are their end goals and it should be readily apparent to those with eyes to see that the end point is coming now unlike a lot of people I'm not worried about when it comes if it's tomorrow whatever I don't care my end goal is, is however I meet my fate. If I'm literally martyred or if I just die in my sleep tonight, that I'm spiritually prepared to get into heaven. That's my end goal. And what I would ask you is, is it your end goal? So, I really appreciate you listening, and I do care about everyone insofar as a failed human being can care, and I pray for everyone, and I'd like to see ever, as many people get to heaven as possible. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. You know, God will give you the graces. You got to respond to the graces. You know, it's not any more complicated than that. God will give you and his blessed mother. And another part of modernism is is that we've degraded our Blessed Mother's role and her son's salvific uh, um, mission. She is vital. She is vital. And anybody who questions what I just said about her, her absolute, utter necessity and a relationship with her, I'm going to flatly say, 
If you question that, you're not Catholic. You're not true Catholic. You're not true Catholic. Because every true Catholic understands the necessity and her utmost, her utmost um, importance and a relationship with her into even getting into our blessed Lord's good graces are. But, once again, they will both give you the graces. It's up to you to respond. I want to thank you all for your time and your patience. I really, I want to thank you for that. And, I want to say, Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Now you will receive us. Would you not ask for your poor or your hungry? We do not want your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that will be sought by us. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. Do not kill. Do not rape. Do not steal. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And those of you that ignore them will pay the dearest cost. There are varying degrees of evil. We are you lesser forms of filth, not to push the bounds and cross over.